Hello, my podcast listeners. Thank you for joining me today. You're listening to the In Search of God's Instructions podcast. I'm your host, Shirley Vinson, and every week I invite you to join me for support and encouragement on your journey to a deeper understanding of the spiritual way that God wants His children to live. We are all in the spiritual walk of life together, but no matter the storms you face, if you search for His instructions, He will bring you through. Let us begin with the prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for coming together once again to study your word, to learn of your ways, and have you instruct us as to how we should live our lives in order that we may enter into your kingdom. We know that the Messiah is soon to return. The world is in turmoil. So very much is going on. And there's so much that we have to learn and such a short time in which to learn it. Not only do we have a short time to learn it, but also we have a short time to start applying your instructions in our lives so that when our Messiah returns, we will be found worthy to enter into his kingdom and be a part of his millennial reign. Please be with us and bless us with wisdom and understanding, knowledge and insight and discernment. Give us the spirit to humble ourselves before you as we do our best at applying your instructions in our lives and walking in your ways. All of these things we ask and pray for in the name of Yeshua, our Lord and our Savior. This podcast is not a podcast that condones anti-Semitism, racism, anti-Catholicism, or any religious belief that a person has chosen to practice for his or her life. This podcast is simply based on the knowledge that we obtain from what we have in the biblical text that's presented to us today, as well as historical data that we can find to support what is written in the scriptures known as the Bible. Today we are going to begin with the book of Leviticus as we look at the feast of Yom Turah, which is also known as Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah will be on a double Shabbaton and begins on the eve of Friday, the 18th of the calendar year in the English of September, which is the first day of Tishri on the Jewish calendar. It is a double Shabbaton, meaning that Shabbat itself will begin on The evening at sunset on Friday of this week ends at evening on Saturday, which will be the 19th. And Rosh Hashanah will begin at sunset on Friday the 18th and ends on sunset the first day of Tishri, which is the 19th. The Word of God set this day apart as a one-day feast. However, on the Jewish calendar, it seems to go into a two-day feast. There is nowhere that I have found written in the Tanakh or in the New King James Version Bible that I use most of the time that 
tells us that this day is a two-day feast, but that is the way it is written on the Jewish calendar. I suggest that you go out and do some research. If you intend to celebrate this feast day of Rosh Hashanah, be prepared to start the recognition of it on the evening of Friday coming, which is the 18th. And we're going to take a look at this feast that God has commanded us that we are to keep. First, we're going to ask the question, are these feast days only for the children of Israel, as they only seem to be in what we call today as the Old Testament? Turn with me, please, to Leviticus chapter 19, beginning at verse 34. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. From this verse alone, it is not only said here in this chapter and this verse. However, God has repeated it throughout the books of Torah, particularly the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We see that any stranger shall be treated as if they were born among the tribes of Israel. Now we're going to look at Leviticus chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feast of Yah, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest a holy convocation. You shall do no work in it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the holy convocations which you shall proclaim at their appointed time. On the fourteenth day of the month at twilight is Yah's Passover, and on the fifteenth of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to Yah. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yah for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, and reap its harvests, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. You shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf a male lamb of the first year, without blemish, a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to Yah, for a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to Yah. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. And you shall count for yourself from the first day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering 
seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count fifty days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to Yah. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to Yah. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to Yah, with their grain offering made by fire, for a sweet aroma to Yah. Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and two male lambs of the first year, as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priests shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits, as a wave offering before Yah, with two lambs. They shall be holy to Yah for the priests. And you shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy convocation to you. You shall do no customary work on it. It shall be a statue forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your land when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleaning from the harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am Yah, your Elohim. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yah. And Yah spoke to Moses, saying, On the tenth day of the seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to Yah. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before Yah, your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbaths. Then Yah spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days to Yah. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yah. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yah. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. These are the feasts of Yah, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to Yah. 
a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings every day on its day. Besides the Sabbaths of Yah, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, and besides all your free will offering, which you give to Yah, also on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of Yah for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, and boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before Yah, your Elohim, for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to Yah for seven days in the year. It shall be a statue forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are of Israel shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Yah, your Elohim. In this chapter, I have named all of the feasts that Yah commands us to keep. Today we're going to focus on the Feast of Blowing of Trumpets. In the Hebrew, the original name of this feast was called Yom Turah. The name has been changed to Rosh Hashanah, meaning the first of the year. It is the seventh month in the year according to the calendar that our God gave to our ancestors, the tribes of Israel. The original name of the first month of the year was the month of Abib. For some reason, the rabbis who are associated with being the Jews of Israel today has renamed this particular feast day, the first day of this celebration for the seventh month to Rosh Hashanah, meaning the first of the year. This is one of the reasons why, if you have spent time in any of these synagogues and you've celebrated any of these feasts before, you will often hear people say, when it comes to this particular feast, Happy New Year! And this is the reason why they say Happy New Year, is because of the name of the feast day. However, the original name of it was called Yom Turah, blowing of the trumpets. The only instructions that is provided to us regarding this particular feast day, Yom Turah, is that we are to blow the trumpets. And we are also to bring an offering to Elohim for this feast day. He tells us, as he labels out in the instructions, the offering that we are to bring. I will go over the offering a little bit later on. For the sake of time, we're going to look at the fact that when it comes to this particular feast day, Yah commands us to count it as a day of solemn rest. It is to be counted as a Sabbath, meaning from sundown on the evening that this feast 
is to begin until sundown when the feast ends. We are to have a holy convocation with him. It is a one-day feast, according to what is written in the scriptures. And during this feast time, traditionally, there are various things that the congregations that I have attended do. First, they meet together at their place of worship. However, due to the fact that right now we are going through coronavirus and there are restrictions regarding public gatherings, the numbers of people that are allowed to gather in one place at a time. And these restrictions particularly have hit the places of worship hard because very rarely do you find in a place of worship fewer than 50 people. But in any case, since we are under restrictions as to gathering together for this feast day, we still have the opportunity to gather in small groups, perhaps in our homes, in a park, if we're maintaining a measure of social distancing, and we have the opportunity to gather via video online. Whatever means of video that you're able to watch the gathering of any congregation online, I suggest that you take the time before this feast day begins to go out and search online for local congregations within your community or any place in the world for that matter. Mostly, I suggest that you look for Messianic congregations who are doing services online. It is alright also to go with the more traditional congregations because I am thinking of the time when Yah first directed me to start attending synagogues. At that time he had not revealed to me my identity of being from the tribe of Judah. This came many years later. However, when he first spoke to me and told me to start attending synagogues, I started attending and of course I felt like a fish out of water since I knew absolutely nothing about these holidays and I soon came to realize I was there to learn. There was something that Yah wanted me to learn by attending these synagogues. I attended conservative synagogues, I attended Orthodox synagogues, I attended Reform synagogues, and I attended Messianic synagogues. And under each congregation of these umbrellas, I learned a lot. And now when I look back on it, I thank and I praise Yah, I thank my Messiah Yehoshua for taking me through this experience, for walking with me on this journey. The pieces of the puzzle started to come together for me after Yah revealed to me in a vision that my descendants were from the tribes of Judah and brought here to America on slave ships. So from that moment on, I began to realize what we have today as the Bible is really the history of descendants of black Americans here in this country whose ancestors were brought here on slave ships. Now this may not apply to all descendants 
of African-American slaves. However, it does apply particularly to those who God reveals to them their identity is of the tribe of Judah. And there are also those of other tribes like Benjamin and the Levites who also went into captivity for the second time when Abba Yah put our ancestors on slave ships to go into captivity for being disobedient to the covenant that they had made with him. So when we look at this feast of blowing the trumpets, one of the things I came to learn as I attended these various synagogues was learning about the sounds of the trumpets. It's important to know about the blast of these trumpets because these blasts have a spiritual meaning to them. There are some places that specifically tells us how the Feast of Trumpets was celebrated. For instance, Nehemiah on the first day of the seventh month, which would have been the celebration of the Feast of Blowing of Trumpets, Yom Turah. Nehemiah chapter 8. Now the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which Yah had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law from the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Meaning they were gathered together to follow the instructions and read through what was written in the Torah scrolls by the hands of Moses that God gave him instructions to write. Then he read it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was standing above all the people and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed Yah, the great Elohim. Then all the people answered, Hallelujah, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped Yah with their faces to the ground. We see here that this day, the first day of the seventh month, they started out and the way they celebrated Yom Teruah on this particular occasion was by reading through the Torah scroll. Keep in mind here that they had been in captivity under King Nebuchadnezzar for 70 years. They had not celebrated these feast days in 70 long years. And so therefore, many people who were in the congregation were of a generation that had never been taught the instructions of Torah. They're basically trying to understand the words that are written in Torah from a time period that very little of them knew anything about. Is that not how it is with the descendants of Israel and Judah today who are scattered all over the world and have been scattered for 400 years in captivities 
in a land that is not our home, living amongst a nation of people who does not celebrate, for the most part, the instructions of God's feast days. Now that Yah is waking us up, we, the descendants of the second captivity, who are scattered all over the world, are now trying to learn how to keep these instructions for these feast days. Much of the actions that take place within the synagogues follow the little that they know of this feast day that is written in our scriptures today. For instance, my experience from the synagogue, the Messianic synagogues, as well as the conservative synagogues, people took turns reading from the Torah scroll and the blasts of the trumpets were sounded during this feast day. When you're reading through the Bible, there is so much information. You pick up on bits and pieces here and there. And as time goes on and you go through it another year, as you read through these scriptures, bit by bit, God reveals more and more to you. That is, if you take what he has given you from the beginning and start applying it to your life, he will reveal more and more to you. I say that because as I read through here, I haven't found yet where there was a significant meaning to the sounds of the blast other than the silver trumpets when God instructed Moses to fashion two silver trumpets. Each of the sounds that was given from those silver trumpets had a meaning and the meanings applied to various groups of people within the congregation when they were blasted. However, the tradition for these trumpets today, the blasts are given names. The first blast is called Tekiah. It is a long blast and it means to call to repentance. It means that Yah is telling his people, you need to repent. So when you hear the first blast, which is a long blast, you should consider the things that you've been doing in your life and ask Yah to forgive you of the sinful things that you've been doing in your life. The second blast is called Shabarim. It has nine short blasts. The meaning of these nine short blasts is a warning to stop where you're at, think about your life, and tremble before Yah. Not tremble as in physically tremble, but tremble in your heart when you consider the things that you've been doing in your life. Are the things that you've been doing in line with Yah's instructions, or are they in line with man's instructions? The third blast is called Teruah. The tradition of this blast is to stand under the banner of Yah. He is our covering. We are his family. When you're standing under his banner, we are being protected by him because he is the head. We are his family. Traditionally, in some of the synagogues I have attended, people create their own family banners. 
for instance, my family banner would be a banner that has the symbol of a lion on it, knowing that I and my descendants are from the tribe of Judah. That would be the banner that my family would stand under. The tribe of Reuben would have their banner, and so forth and so on. So if you know what tribe you are descended from, then lots of people create their own banners. There's also one large banner for those who may be grafted in or have no knowledge of what tribe they may be from because at the end of the day, we are all under one banner regardless of whether you're born of the tribes of Israel or not. We are all under God's banner. The fourth sound of the blast is called Tekia Gadola, meaning it is one last blast and that blast is blown until you run out of breath, until the person who is blowing the trumpet runs out of breath. What it means is that we are each to consider that God has numbered our days individually we come into this world and for each of us God has given us a number of days to live in this world before our flesh returns to dust and our soul is standing before him to account for the things that we have done in this world even though he has assigned each of us a number of days to live in this world that does not mean that we will live out those days because there is always the possibility of something happening in your life to cut those days short. For instance, getting into a car accident and losing your life or someone taking your life. Some person did some wicked thing to you and snuffed out your life before the number of days that God had assigned to you or a health issue can shorten our days and lots of time when things happen tragically to shorten your days is by the design of a trap that Satan has devised for you. So it's important to think about the fact that each of us have a number that God has assigned to us for our days to live out on this earth. So therefore we should be considering what we're doing in our lives. Are we walking according to the instructions of Yah or are we not? Lastly, regarding the instruction to bring a sacrifice. Today, we don't sacrifice. When we read these instructions Yah has given us about bringing sacrifice of a bull and sacrifice of a lamb, it would appear as if we are being disobedient when it comes to keeping the full instruction of celebrating these high holy days. So let us take a look at what Yah said regarding the sacrifice. We're looking at Numbers chapter 29 beginning at verse 1 again. And in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. For you it is a day of blowing the trumpets. 
You shall offer a burnt offering as a sweet aroma to Yah, one young bull, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year without blemish. Their grain offering shall be fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also one kid of the goats as a sin offering, to make atonement for you. Besides the burnt offerings with this grain offering for the new moon, the regular burnt offering with this grain offering and their drink offerings according to their ordinance, as a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to Yah. When we read this in the English translation, it looks as though we should be perhaps having a barbecue in the yard of the congregation that we are attending and offering these animals on an open fire. However, when you read about these offerings in the Tanakh, Yah says, you shall present a burnt offering of pleasing odor to Yah. And it reads in the English, one bull of the herd. And it goes on to say, one ram, seven yearling lambs without blemish. And then it tells us about the meal offering, which is with the fine flour and the oil. But when you read in the Hebrew, it says a young bull, the son of the head of the family. So if it is to be a young bull, the son of the head of the family, that indicates that we need to know who the father of this young bull is. When you take a look at the Hebrew words, you come to realize for these feast days, in order to have the correct bull and know who the father of this bull is, someone would have had to have been watching for a particular period of time over these bulls to know who fathered the young bull. Because that's what it says. It says it is to be the son of a bull, of the head of the family. And it's easy to know the mother of the bull because the bull nurses from the mother. But how do you know who the father of all the fathers that are there with young bulls? How do you know that the father is the head of the family of this young bull? What that indicates to us is that even for these thousands of years ago, through the plan of Yah, he put in place his entire plan for the redemption of the human race. We see this because it says that this young bull has to have the father who is the head or chief of the family. And the letter being used here indicates that the chief is the final, the head. It is the final head of the family. And when we think of the final head of the family, who could be the final head of the family when you try chasing back thousands of years from where we are today? How can you tell that this is the chief, the head, the last of the chiefs, the heads of the family? It is a spiritual meaning behind this. And that spiritual meaning is telling us 
that there's only one head of the family, and that head is Yah himself. So this bull that is the son of the head can only be the Messiah himself. This young bull who is being sacrificed for these feast days. When we read the book of Genesis at creation, as Yah is creating, he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And he goes on to say what he is giving man authority over on the earth. They'll have authority over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the creeping things on the earth. Through the whole earth, man will have authority over them. So when we look at Numbers 29, and Yah said that we are to present an offering to him that is pleasing to him. And he tells us that this bull has to be the son of a bull whose father is the head, the final, the everlasting head of the family. That points to him, Yah. And this young bull points to his son, the Messiah. That is why the Messiah tells us that no man can come to the Father but through him. If we don't have the Messiah and we approach Yah during these feast days and ask him to hear our prayers and accept our humble offerings to him as a sweet aroma and that offering is not the Messiah, then we have not met the requirements of bringing a sacrifice to offer during these feast days. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father, who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father, who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 25. At that time, Yehoshua answered and said, I thank you, Abba of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Abba, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Abba. And no one knows the Son except the Abba, nor does anyone know the Abba except the Son and the one whom the Son wills to reveal him. When we read this text, particularly when he says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one whom the Son wills to reveal him, meaning the one whom it is the desire of the Son to reveal his Father to them, and vice versa. Nobody knows the Father except the Son. And so therefore, if you don't accept the Son, the Father will not accept you. Also, we see in the book of John, chapter 17, Yeshua spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, 
that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you has given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true Yah, and and Yeshua Messiah, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world, and they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in you. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you have given me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through the word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, and that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the word may be known, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. 
for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. We see here that when Yah commanded our ancestors to bring an offering to be presented to him during these high holy feast days, he specifically tells them that they are to present a bull, the son of a bull, who is the final, the last head of the family. And he, our father, Yah, is the only head of the family. He is the first, he is the olive, and he is the top. He is the beginning and he is the end. And anybody who approaches these high holy days without the sacrifice of the Son of the Father has not brought the proper sacrifice. And therefore, their sacrifice will not be accepted before the Father because we no longer bring in the blood sacrifices to present to our Father. And from this, we have the grain offerings to be offered. And the tradition is various foods that people prepare according to the instructions of flour and different grains that they bake, they bring together as food during this time of holy gathering by the congregations to have a feast of blowing the trumpets and praising Abba Yah and giving thanks to Him and presenting our sacrificial lamb to Him as a sweet aroma during these festive times. These things we should take to heart and keep in mind as we go into these celebrations for the High Holy Days. If you have questions regarding my podcasts, you may contact me at hello at insearchofgodsinstructions.org and I will get back to you with answers to your questions. Until then, as you seek out keeping His instructions, as long as our Messiah is not with us, and even when He is with us, these instructions, as far as these feast days go, will continue. That's something else we will pick up when we go back to studying the book of Ezekiel and other prophets within the word that Yah has given to us. May Yah be with you and keep you in his safety. Bless your feast days. Bless you in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as you seek out applying his instructions to your life as he has commanded us to do. 